Isn't God good? Hallelujah. Where's hardly any people here? I guess Christmas came early. I don't even know. Let's continue to praise him, amen.
God, we bring to you today, Jesus. Hallelujah. The one and only King, the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah.
Jesus, we thank you, God, that this morning we have your name, that you are real, that you're alive. Father God, this, this world was so dark before you sent your son. And I just thank you that the hope of this world is found in Jesus and only Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would do our best to tell others about this hope, that we'd do better to tell others about you, Lord Jesus. God, that you would empower us, Lord, as we, as we head towards Christmas and, and, and the closing of an old year and open up a brand new year, Lord, I pray, God, that you would just, just cause your church to move forward by the power of your spirit to share the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for coming into our world and specifically coming into our lives and being our Lord and Savior. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, don't be seated. It's time to go greet somebody. Almost forgot. <laughs> go ahead and shake someone's hand this morning. All right. That's enough greeting. <laughs> There's never enough time. But we did have a good time Sunday night, didn't we? Feasting around the tables. Our annual portion of chicken, um, tortellini alfredo with chicken. 
How can I forget that? I've thought about changing up the menus, but you know, a couple, a couple of people came to me and said, Pastor, thank you, because this is the only time we get to eat this. Um, and um, there's other things I could say. What was that? Change it up. Change it up. Yeah, I've thought about it, but anyways, next year we'll just do pizza. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to be clever. My mind is working. I'm, I'm going I'm to bypass that. Um, anyways, if you are new here today or the last couple of weeks and you have never filled out a Connect card, these are in the seat pocket in front of you. We'd like you to do that. Bring it to guest services and we'll send you home with a bag of goodies. Okay, we do have some things we'd like you to take home. And I think you'd enjoy them. They're things that you would use. So do that if you've not been here before. And at this time, uh, we're going to take our offering this morning. We're going to receive our offering. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Lord, to bless your name. Lord, to bless your mission. Lord, you want everyone to know about you, and I thank you that you can do that through us, but you also do it through world missions and our missionaries around the world. And so, Lord, we pray a blessing on them as well. God, missionaries who are not coming home for Christmas, they're in their, their country, their, their harvest field right now, and I pray you bless them, Lord. Help them not to be too lonely. Provide for them the fellowship they need. And Lord, again, I pray your blessing on this offering today in Jesus' name. Amen.
good morning. We've got some news to share with you in the way of announcements. And the first one, of course, is next Sunday morning is Christmas morning. And we're going to have a Christmas, Christmas Day service. service. <laughs> 10 a.m., you're invited. And bring some family with you, too. Yes. And then what do we have coming up after that? So uh, last Friday of the year, uh, December 30th, we're going to have a potluck dinner. Are you looking forward to it? I am, yeah, always. Oh, it's always somebody, there's always some good stuff. Yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah. You're a little more, I, I don't I don't venture out very often, <laughs> but you love all kinds of food. Well, I mentioned so. this last Sunday. I don't want to mention any names, but there's someone who makes these grape jelly meatballs. Oh, man. It's like grape jelly and barbecue sauce together, and they're like Swedish meatball size. They're really good. They're you, really good. You know who you are. Yeah, and I, I'd love to say names, but, you know, um, and just a lot of good stuff. And we have some tortellini alfredo with chicken. It's in the freezer. That Those leftovers are coming out. Mm -hmm. They're just as good two weeks later, I'm oh, telling yeah. you. Yeah. So, and then we have our New Year service, January 1st, which falls on a Sunday this year, just mm -hmm. like Christmas. Mm -hmm. And that starts at 10 o'clock. And on both Christmas and New Year's, be reminded that there's no life groups. There are no Sunday schools. Um, but there is nursery and toddler care and kids' church on New Year's Day. So um, those are our announcements, and this is a trial run for us. Hope you like it. <laughs> yeah, we thought we'd try something. So, But get this. All right, that was fun, but I am so stressed because there's like 18 other announcements I need to make right now that we didn't know about on Wednesday night. Uh, one of them I want to draw your attention to is the Fire Bible. Next week is our annual offering, our Christmas offering for the Fire Bible. And um, there's a couple. There's a, there's a Bible inventory on their seat next to you or the one you sat on. And then there's a, a bookmark that on the back has all the countries that we're currently working on. So, you know, just the short of it is this. $10 buys a Bible in the language of a local pastor somewhere in the world that we're working on right now. And that helps pay for the translation, the printing, the delivery, the whole thing. And it's not just, it's not just a Bible. It is truly a study Bible. It's, a, it's got a commentary. It's got concordance. It's got uh, maps. It's got everything they would need. And, and trust me, I've been in some of these countries where pastors don't have the entire Bible. And so for $10, that's what it does. So next week, if you would, please plan to give at least $10. I'm going to, I always do the Bible inventory. I know how many Bibles I have. And by the way, if you have the version or a Bible uh, app on your phone, you know, there's probably a hundred different versions in there. You don't have to give $10,000. Um, just count that as one. Okay. Count that as one Bible. But if you have Bibles in your house and they're just collecting dust somewhere, do count those until you get rid of them. Keep paying for them um, <laughs> for missions, for missions. So I really appreciate your help in that. You can give next week. And, of course, you can always give online at our, uh, through our website. Uh, we have a giving button for that. But I want to show you a video on Fire Bible. Hi, I'm Jeffrey Dove, director of Fire Bibles Worldwide. Our goal here is to finish this great Fire Bible tool in the top 100 languages of the world. Thanks to our unique and continuing partnership, we've been blessed to finish the 56th edition just earlier this year. Thank you for partnering with us on this. The Bible I'm holding here is one of the very, very few left like it on the planet. It is the Fire Bible in the Mongolian language. Brother Paul Ellis and his dear wife Sharon and their kids left their church in Niles, Ohio some 15 years ago to go to a place that most of us would never want to live in. 
Um, we are Paul and Sharon Ellis. We serve here in Mon Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. For three months of the year in the dark of the winter, it's called the darkest, dirtiest city on the planet. I wouldn't want to go, but they went. The church fell in love with them. They looked up to them. They encouraged them. One of the greatest things that Paul told me that he must do again is to recreate this fire Bible in a new text with a new edit, up-to-date scholarship to get this Mongolian fire Bible back into the hands of leaders. They're completely gone. Every one of them have been used, and they're out there in the harvest, and they're begging for more. People were very excited about the first printing because this was the first Pentecostal study Bible that had been printed. Pastors were excited giving them to new believers in their congregations and using them in Bible study. So it was very easy to get the first 10,000 distributed. Which makes it vital and extremely important that we have this reprint because there are thousands that still need it. Superintendent Amgalan of the nation of Mongolia recently emailed me and he said, Jeffrey, if we can get it done and get it done quickly, it's needed yesterday for the people of this great country. I love you. I bless you. I thank you in faith in advance in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Fire Bible, bringing the fire of God's word to the human heart. Um, in the back of the church on their way out today, if you want to take any family photos, we have a backdrop set up for you. Uh, please take advantage of that. It'll be up this week and next. Um, also, I want you to know that we just recently, Chuck Parsons has planned a missions trip for May of the new year, May 2023, to Santiago, Chile. And so if you're interested in going or learning more about it. Chuck, would you just stand so they can spot you so often we mention people. It's Chuck, and he's heading that up. So see him today if you can. Uh, it's never too early to plan. A membership class has been scheduled for January 7, as soon as we get into the new year from 9 to 11. That's a Saturday morning for two hours. Uh, instructions are in today's bulletin. It'll help you, you know, go in, fill out the application, and send it directly to me. Uh, go ahead and take that. You're not committed, but if you're interested in membership, go ahead and do that. Again, that's in your bulletin. Uh, we have calendars today for you. And, I mean, inside, it's incredible. There's 365 brand-new opportunities in each one of these for you, okay? So they're at the guest services desk. Take one. Take a couple if you need them, and you'll use them, but they're there for you. We, we pray they'd be a blessing to you. Um, let's see. Wednesday night, Christmas parties for Rainbows, Girls Ministries, Rangers. That's this Wednesday night, Christmas parties. Adults, we're still going to be in the series by Andy Stanley on the time of your life. We're in session three this week. And a reminder, too, now this coming Christmas, there's no nursery. We usually do a one-hour service for Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And so we're going to start at 10 o'clock and be over by 11, I think. We're going to do our very best. But there is kids' church, and Miss Lucy has wants her kids to come in, a, in pajamas. Um, and that's kids' church, same time. But there is no nursery or toddler. Now, New Year's Day, everything's a little bit more normal. There's no, there's no life groups in either day, but there will be kids' church as well as nursery care on New Year's Day. And then one final announcement, and this was from Gordon Douglas, our comedian last Sunday night. Someone here, and I couldn't figure out who this was, they... He wrote me, uh, someone came up to him, a mom came up to him and wanted, asked him to send a letter of encouragement to Chris, her son, gave an email, he sent it, but it bounced back. So if that's you, see me today and I'll give uh, Gordon the updated 
email address. Apparently, it wasn't one that would work. Uh, so if you know who you are, please see me. Um, with that, Pastor Hans was supposed to speak today. Uh, as you know, Pastor Brandon spoke last week about Christmas. Pastor Hans's message of today, I wanted to really save mine for Christmas. I didn't want to do it today and have Pastor Hans preach on Christmas Day. That's my day. And, um, <laughs> but anyways, during the week, he was ill, and he finally tested, and he's COVID positive. But now he's COVID negative today, but we don't want him here. So he was recorded earlier this week. We're going to watch him on the big screen. Uh, Jody, however, his wife tested positive, so they're all home today. Maybe you know some people in the same boat. I'm just thankful that the symptoms are usually very negligible. Uh, I mean, back in July, I think you all had to see me on the big screen. Came back from Camparama, uh, four or 5,000 youth and leaders. Uh, came back, had no symptoms whatsoever. But one of our team, who also didn't have any symptoms, was tested by his wife. And so then my wife said, hey, let's test you. And I said, sure, I'm in good shape. And the thing lit up like a Christmas tree. I mean, it didn't take 15 minutes. It was like, I have no symptoms. I said, we need to do this again. We did it again, and it was even faster. And so I was, I was out just to keep people, you know. So I would just say this, you know, even if you have flu symptoms, please don't give it to me, okay? Let's stay healthy this holiday season. So without any further delay, and I hope I covered everything, um, here's Pastor Hans. Well, good morning. It is great to see everyone today. And uh, um, next week is Christmas. That's going to be pretty amazing. Uh, It seems like it's so far away, and then it's here. And uh, so Christmas next Sunday. Again, just a reminder, make sure you come on out 10 a.m. next Sunday, Christmas morning. We have a great time together. It's going to be an hour service. If you want to get here earlier at 9, of course, uh, there'll be food in the cafe at 9, but no life groups, just as a reminder again. But uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about today and um, uh, one of the things I've noticed when it comes to kind of big things that are going on um, in the cinematic world, one of the one of the the rages right now, one of the things you see all the time um, are what's called a prequel. It's like you have the, the original movie and a prequel is what happened before that movie, before that character came to life, before that scene happened, what, what happened previous years or months before. Um, uh, some of you might remember uh, in the 70s there was a movie called Santa Claus is Coming to Town and, um, and it gave the backstory of how Santa came to be. I mean, who knew that Santa was a ginger, right? And if you remember that claymation or puppet, whatever that type of animation was that they had going on. If you're a Godfather movie fan, Godfather 2 was the uh, prequel to Godfather 1. Uh, talked about how, how the Corleone family came about here in the country. Um, maybe you're an Indiana Jones fan. The Temple of Doom was the prequel to the first one. Uh, most recently, though, there's been a few movies, if, you've, if you're old enough to have watched the original Planet of the Apes, but uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes was a prequel to the Planet of the Apes. Um, uh, the X-Men series, they have some prequels in there. Uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, was a prequel. Um, and even more recently, over the past few years, three, three years, uh, there's a really popular show that I'm not recommending, but it's a popular show. 
um, called Yellowstone. And they actually have some prequels that came out last winter. One of them is called 1883. And then there's another one coming out really soon called like 1923. And uh, so that's uh, super popular. Uh, and even most, most recently, um, uh, the Lord of the Rings came out with the Rings of Power, the prequel to that and the prequel to Gandalf and who he was. So all these things, now some of you may listen to this and be like, who cares? Who cares about movies? Who cares about prequels? But the point being there, that if a story is great, we want to know why it was so great. If a story is incredible, man, the, the, the birthing of that story or before that story happened or the start of that story must be incredible too. And what, a, what circumstances brought around this original movie? And the story of Christmas is actually a very long story. Uh, it begins in Genesis chapter 3 uh, with the fall of man and the plan of redemption that God had always had um, be, began to be spoken into existence and it was going to happen all the way through, really through Revelation, through the culmination of the story of Christmas uh, of, of God literally coming to be with us and the culmination of Jesus' life and his reign. And uh, the story of God and how it's uh, just interwoven on behalf of man rescuing him. But the story I want to tell you today is a, is a, is a type of a, a prequel story. And it occurs before angels visit Mary or Joseph. Uh, it's a prequel story to Bethlehem, mangers, uh, shepherds, angels, wise men, any of those things. And I want to look at some of the people and the moments uh, that this prequel, if you will, will culminate in the story of Jesus. And I want to read to you, if you have your phone, if you have your paper Bible, your tablet, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1, if you would. Luke chapter 1. We're going to read several verses from there, so hang, hang in there with me. Hang in there with my voice. <clears throat> I'm doing my best, and I'm going to depend on Pastor Brandon to really help that voice out on the audio end of it. But uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 11 through 25, it says this, While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, and again, he's serving. Uh, Zechariah's a priest. He's doing his annual time of service. While he's in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Now, Zechariah was shaken as you can imagine, and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord... He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. And Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure that this will happen? I'm an old man and my wife is also well along in years. He's, a, he's, a, he's been married a while because he says, I'm an old man and my wife's an old woman. He doesn't say that. 
He didn't say that. My wife is also well along in years. Wow, what a nice way to say she's an old woman too. And then the angel said, I am Gabriel and I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. And when he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have had a vision in the sanctuary. And when Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. And soon afterwards, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, uh, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace to have no children. We fast forward a couple verses. Verse 59. When the baby was eight, eight days old, John, the baby John, they all, came for, uh, they all came for the circumcision ceremony, and they wanted to name him Zechariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What, they exclaimed? There is no one in your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. <clears throat> he motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. And instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. Now, I want to focus on verse 20 this morning. It's, it's, uh, it's not the theme verse, um, but it's interesting. Verse 20 says, but now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. Now that's a, a pretty incredible, pretty amazing story. I mean, obviously what will happen with Mary a few verses later kind of you know, crushes that. She's a, she's a virgin and becomes pregnant. But, but still an amazing, incredible story nonetheless. And one of the things that's always intrigued me about this is why is silence the consequence of his question? I mean, Mary, a little later in that chapter, almost has the identical question in Luke chapter 1, verse 34. She says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Now, for Zechariah, it says, how will this be because I'm old and my wife's old? Hers is, how will this be? I'm a virgin. But she's actually given an answer. She's actually given an answer. And, uh, you know, it could have been that Zechariah was older in his faith. And uh, Mary was just younger age-wise and in her faith. Uh, but also God knew their hearts and each what they needed. So they have similar questions but, but different outcomes. But not only was he silent, it appears he possibly, possibly could not hear as well. According to verse 62 at John's dedication at the temple. Um, uh, so they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name it. It's like he couldn't hear them uh, really well, at least. And they, uh, they had used gestures. You know, I don't know what gesture you would use to ask him what his name would be. So for possibly anywhere from nine months to a year, probably not nine months, but probably a, a, the, the better part of a year, the better part of a year, he lived in silence. Unable to tell his story, except through 
very primitive means, probably writing things and doing things like that. Unable to communicate his feelings. I mean, uh, can you imagine the feelings of a man whose prayer was for years, Lord, would you, would you grant me this desire of, of my wife and I to have a child? Can you imagine the feelings he had about that? Can you imagine the feelings he had when he saw this angel? Can you imagine the feelings he had when he realized that he's not able to speak, not able to communicate any of those things, not able to communicate really any of the joys of becoming a father, his excitement, his anticipation as he sees his wife is pregnant and she's growing pregnant every, every week, every month, not able to communicate that. Maybe his frustrations and his fears, none of that is he able to communicate at all. Can you imagine that? I mean, really, can you wrap your brain around that being your life? Now, I know there are people that were born deaf, but can you imagine being able to hear and then the frustration of not being able to hear or being able to born, being able to speak and the frustration of not being able to speak? You know, all this gets me to be thinking, gets me thinking about silence, not being able to communicate. And really for what, you know, what I do as a pastor, I mean, communicating is a huge part, whether you're communicating in a setting like this or communicating um, in a small group or to leaders or whoever that might be. Communication is a big part. I can't imagine uh, not being able to communicate and only being able to listen. That's it. That must have been the most difficult year of Zachariah's life in many ways. But was that a year of silence, was that year of, of quietness maybe a gift to Zechariah? Did God give him something, and we look at it and we say, well, that's punishment, you know? Punishment for you not believing. And I think uh, it, it's kind of like this. If, if, if you were going to make somebody stronger and they had a pair of dumbbells here where you could, you could put on and take off weight, uh, and somebody was easily doing something with these dumbbells, maybe doing curls. You know, if, if you added some more weight to them, would you say, man, you're, you're, you're being terrible to that person. Why would you add weight to their dumbbells? Because the more weight you pull, the stronger you become. We wouldn't look at that as cruelty. Maybe silence was God's way of growing Zachariah. Maybe silence was, hey, Zachariah, you obviously, in this moment in your life, you didn't believe me, but I'm going to do this so you'll believe me. It's a, it's a, it, it doesn't look like it, but it's a gift for you. It's a gift, a hidden gift. Did God give him something that in the long run helped him as a priest, as a husband, and, and a soon-to-be father? Could that silence have been a gift, albeit an unexpected one, that transformed Zechariah? See, we know this. When his silence was broken at the temple at the dedication of his son John, and he was able to speak. The first, the first words out of his mouth were praises to God. Maybe my first words would have been, I have a son, you know, or my first words would have been, I can't believe I can talk again, you know, or my first words would have been a song I've been wanting to sing or, or yeah, something I've been wanting to say that I haven't been able to communicate, like, uh, I don't even know what it would be, but I, I, I would just want to say something. But the first words off of his tongue that could be heard and uttered, the scripture says, were praises to God. I can guarantee you that Zechariah was not the same man 
That day he went into the temple, met that angel, and the day at the temple when he said that his son's name was John. Now, I don't wish silence. I don't, I don't want silence on anyone. I'm not trying to say if you're going to get close to God, if your life's going to be good, if, if, you, if you're going to be a, a, a devoted follower of Christ, you need to just shut your mouth and never talk. I, I'm not saying, I don't, I don't wish silence on anyone. But I think a little more silence and listening and a lot less talking would probably do your life and my life some real good. See, most importantly, what could that do in our relationship with God, our relationship at home, in our extended family, or how about work? See, God's word is full of insight into silence and speaking less and listening more. And now I'm not trying to be funny, but a little more silence is maybe a great gift you could give to those around you in your relationship to God this year. And on a side funny note, I did think too, I thought, you know, maybe he was silent because he knew that Elizabeth, being an older woman, uh, maybe Zechariah was the talker in the relationship. And she just, you know, he knew this woman's going to have so much stress on her life for being older and pregnant. I'm just going to keep him quiet so she has one less thing to worry about. I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not true. I don't know. Just a little, little side note, a little, little, little wondering there. And, uh, but I'm going to talk about listening, being silent, listening, and hearing. Uh, and, and I want to just stop for a quick moment. Um, I want to make something very clear on the outset. There is a time to speak up. Amen? There's a time to say something. There's a time when your voice should be heard. And we live in a culture and a time and a moment where there are those key moments and key times where our voices need to be heard. Yes, our actions are important. Um, how we live is, is, it can't be overstated how important that is. But at the same time, the reality is, is there are moments when our voice needs to be heard. The word of God needs to be heard. Uh, not just your voice or my voice, right? The word of God needs to be heard. Ecclesiastes 3.7 says, uh, a time, there's a time to tear down and there's a time to mend. There's a time to be quiet and a time to speak. So I want to be clear on that. I'm not talking about being silent, not saying anything. Uh, that's what happened in Germany in World War II with Christians. Uh, people were silent and uh, uh, they needed to speak up and do things. And of course, many, many did do that. So let's see what God, God's word has to say about, about hearing and the gift of being silent. So, hey, number one, real quick, and I'm going to go through these as quick as I can. Try not to keep you here long. I know that uh, this morning, um, uh, Argentina is playing France in the World Cup. Started at 10 a.m., and maybe you're half listening, watching on your phone. I don't know. <clears throat> you, you, you just, you know, I'm just, tell, I'm just saying maybe you're doing that. I don't know. But here's some things about, about hearing, listening. Here are some things that are important. Uh, Proverbs 20:12 says this. Ears to hear and eyes to see, both are gifts from the Lord. Both are gifts from the Lord. Being able to hear and listen, folks, is a gift. My, my, uh, my, my father, Jose, he, he used to find the most joy from sitting on the couch watching his grandkids play. 
all the noises they would make and the funny things they would say, just to hear them, he would find joy. And uh, notice it doesn't include your mouth in speaking. <laughs> he, says, he says, ears to hear, eyes to see, they're a gift from God. He didn't say anything about your mouth. It's not a gift from God. Sometimes you and I think that what we have to say is a gift from God. It is not. Sometimes your silence is a gift not only to God but to those around you. Uh, just, just being quiet, not saying anything. And even look at Zechariah. Uh, he, he was fine. He was fine until he opened his mouth. Then when he did that, then he couldn't, wasn't able to speak for almost a year. And uh, there are actually real-life biblical accounts where listening was a gift, a blessing to not only the, 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 person, the person that, uh, the hearer, but to those around them. Uh, Genesis 41, Pharaoh listens to Joseph's interpretation of his dream and the plan God gives Joseph to help Egypt survive the famine. He listens to him and Egypt is able to make it through the famine. Exodus 18, Moses listens to his father-in-law. Yes, son-in-laws. Even your father-in-law has something Valuable to say. I know it's hard to believe. It's true, though. It's absolutely true. And, uh, and Moses listens to Jethro, and he's able to administer justice, justice fairly to the Israelites. Uh, 2 Kings 5, uh, Naaman listens to Elisha. Ultimately, Naaman listens to his, his servants who encourage him. Um, Elisha says, go dip. You want your leprosy cured? Go dip in the Jordan seven times. Naaman says, we've got better rivers where I'm from. Why this nasty little puddle? I want to be here. And uh, his servants say, hey, you know, we've come all this way. Come on, can't we do this? And he's healed and he listens. In 2 Samuel 12, David, listening to Nathan about his sins, David repents. So you can only listen and hear when you're silent. Then you're able to enjoy that gift that, that uh, hearing is. You're able to enjoy that gift, ears to hear. And secondly, having enough silence in our lives and being able to listen always keeps us from spiritual danger. It can keep us from spiritual danger. First, the danger of drifting away. Hebrews 2, 1 through 3 says, So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. Verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 2. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm, and every violation of the law, every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who've heard him speak? Hebrews uh, chapter 2, 1 through th uh, 3. Listen very carefully. See, drifting is real. If you've ever mowed a lawn, whether you're on a zero turn or a push mower, and if you don't keep your eye on what's ahead, you will drift. Your lines will be crooked. They'll go off to the right or off to the left. Drifting is very, very real. If you're out on the water, you're not paying attention, man. You're fishing, you're in your boat. You're doing whatever, and all of a sudden you've drifted off, and you're like, where, where, you know, which direction am I at here? <clears throat> you 
Maybe if you're not paying attention, you're sitting there somewhere, um, you're just expecting to have a seat, you're waiting in a, a doctor's waiting room, or, or you're just sitting in your living room for just for a minute, right? Just for, it's always just for a minute, and all of a sudden you drift away in an unexpected nap that happens to you. Um, how, about, how about friendships? You know, if you don't pay attention to friendships and actually invest time in, in doing things together and, and just enjoy that friendship, it'll kind of drift away. Students that are here, whether you're middle school, high school, college students, you know, if you don't pay attention to the little things, all of a sudden, you know, you've got four homework assignments missing, and then, you know, oh, I got this, this test I wasn't playing, these, these two quizzes, oh my gosh, you know, and, and if you don't pay attention, drifting is very real. Spiritual drifting is very real as well. It's a very slow change of priorities. Slow. It's always like that, really. Little by little. It's neglecting little disciplines, little bitty things. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's making changes and being where you should be regularly. Uh, you know, it's funny. We don't miss trips to the grocery store, trips to gas stations to gas up your car. We don't miss those because we know we need those to survive and live. And yet, sometimes we as people, and you're here this morning, so give yourself a hand. But we as people are so easy to, to just drift in those ways. So that year or so in Zechariah's life, all he could do was, was listen. Remember the promise of God that day. You know, uh, that's all he could do. That's all he could do. There was no drift in his life. There wasn't a bunch of, uh, um, uh, the, the silence was there to be able to help him not to drift. The author of Hebrews says, listen very carefully to the truth or we may drift away from it. Proverbs 21.16 says, Whoever wanders off the straight and narrow, this is the message, whoever wanders off the straight and narrow ends up in a congregation of ghosts. Uh, the NIV says, among the dead, among the dead. When we drift, we can end up in places that we don't even know how we got there. Maybe that's happened to you driving late at night and you're driving and all of a sudden, you know, you, uh, you're, you, you kind of, your head goes like this in the car and all of a sudden you're hearing rumble strips and Maybe, you know, dirt and grass are flying because you're on the median. You rip it back over into the, you know, the, um, the road. I mean, I've just heard other people talk about this. This never happened to me. It's just other people that have drifted away. Drifting is very, very real. And when we don't listen, what happens in our lives? We don't listen carefully. We may drift from what's true. We may drift from what's true. But not only can not listening create a drift in your life, it can be a, 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 not listening can be a symptom of being spiritually dull, dull. Hebrews, a little later on in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5, 11 and 12, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. 
You know, I can't stand it when things are dull. I really, I hate it when things are dull. Yeah, there's probably nothing worse than trying to cut things with a, with a dull knife or, or trying to cut a limb with a dull chainsaw blade. I mean, a chainsaw chain. It's, it's so hard to, to do the simplest of things when things are dull. And if you've ever used dull knives, they just say, do you want to cut yourself with a knife? Use a dull knife. It's not the sharp knives that really get you. It's the dull ones because you're having to work extra hard and you're not paying attention and all of a sudden you get yourself good. How about having a dull conversation? Doesn't, but some of you, you're going to have some that's this Christmas, right? What's going to happen is you are actually, <coughs> you're going to be stuck somewhere in a chair. You're going to be cornered in some kitchen somewhere. And you're going to have this conversation. And in your mind, it's going to, you're going to hear this. Blah, 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 blah. And you're thinking, just get me out of here. Jesus, come back. I believe in your return. Would you just come back now? Because you're in this dull, boring conversation about things that you could just give a rip about. You don't care. Dull conversations are difficult. Um, I love this part of the country. I love it where leaves change and everything. But without snow, I mean, if you ever noticed this part of this northeast, you know, up into the Midwest even, you know, where there's a lot of uh, trees that drop their leaves, then it's so blah outside. Without snow, it's like blah. Just a, it's very dull looking. And uh, that can be really just kind of depressing looking. Or if you've got a, an older TV, and the colors aren't very vivid and bright, and they're just kind of dull. You're like, eh, you know. Or maybe it's a work project you have, and you have to do it. You have to get it done. But it's like, oh, my gosh, I, just, I feel like I could fall asleep. I don't care. I'm just trying to get it done. Oh, I just I can't stand it. I don't like it, whatever, 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 you know. And the truth is, uh, it's just so dull. And the last example of is dull food. You know, um, I mean, God bless nursing homes. Seriously, God bless people that work in assisted living and, and you know, uh, skilled nursing homes. God bless them a thousand times over. God bless them. And uh, I know we have some people that, that here that, that work at those, at those facilities. But in general, and I'm just generalizing, in general, the food they prepare is, 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 is kind of good. It's, it's okay, but it's kind of dull. It has to be. You know, it, it, kinda, it has to be that way. And so there's nothing more annoying than dull food. It's got no spice, no flavor, no variations, no texture differences, just, just kind of blah, you know? It's like you just have a bunch of ground meat, just blah, no, nothing on it, no, no interesting flavors or spice, just, just dull. As you can tell, I don't like dull things if you haven't caught that already. But on the road to becoming dull, spiritually, in other words, without an edge, without spice, without flavor, without passion. And Jesus says this, without your saltiness, what, what good are you? But on the road to becoming dull is, is not being a person who's silent enough to listen to anyone, and especially to listen to God himself. See, one of the things that can make you spiritually dull is you become a person that just doesn't listen. You don't read anything that challenges you. You don't have conversations where it's all about you talking, you're not listening. It's just about 
you and you're not listening. You don't ever listen. And you can become spiritually dull. You don't listen to people's warnings for your life. You don't listen to um, really anything. And so what happens over time is you become dull. You become dull. I mean, let's face it, we've all been there. We don't want to hear it. Yeah, we got it. I know what to do. I know what to say. I've been a Christian a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. Being spiritually dull keeps us stunted in our growth, keeps us from using our gifts, keeps us from leading, keeps us from teaching and serving in a way that really brings life to us and honors God. Uh, Mike Iaconelli, who my generation of when I was doing youth ministry the first time around, uh, Mike Iaconelli worked with youth specialties. He was kind of their, really one of their founding people. And uh, uh, he had tremendous influence on uh, really 70s, 80s, 90s youth ministry. <coughs> Pardon me. And he said this. He said, dullness is more than a religious issue. It is a cultural issue. Our entire culture has become dull. Dullness is the absence of light in our souls. Look around. We've lost the sparkle in our eyes, the passion in our marriages, the meaning in our work, and the joy in our faith. I mean, haven't you seen that to be true? Uniqueness or uh, has been kind of pushed on our culture. No one's different. We're all really the same. And we can shine in certain ways, but really we've become a very dull culture in a lot of ways, very dull. And he points it out, Mike Iaconelli points it out there. One of the ways we avoid being dull in our lives is by having moments where we listen and we're able to hear the heart of God. And then lastly, the last one I have, where there's a lack of silence in our lives to listen to others, it shows our lack of understanding. Where there's an absence of silence, and you know, you can't listen and hear without being silent. You can't do it. You know, for all you multitaskers out there, you think you can just multitask your way through life? You can't on that one. You can't, um, be, uh, you can't speak and talk and communicate and listen. You can't do it. Unless you're silent, it's not possible. But you might say, when it comes to listening to others around you, you might say something like, why should I listen to them? They don't know what they're talking about. Or uh, they're not perfect. Or they make mistakes just like I do. Why, why should I listen to them? And I would just say this, well, I mean, God listens to you and me. You can't listen to people as well. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about who to listen to, but I mean, think of it. God hears your cries and complaints, you know, when, when you and I screw up and do the same thing and put ourselves in a situation and we cry out to him, he hears us. So you're going to tell me you can't listen to other people? I mean, come on, really? Um, Proverbs 12:15 says, Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. See, important people in your life have wisdom too. You know that? 
There are people in your life that you live by, that you, 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 you rub shoulders with, and they have some really good ideas, and they have some really good insights if you and I would listen. Of course, listening to the wrong people, godless people, immature people, uh, extremely inexperienced people, can be dangerous. Second Chronicles chapter 10, we see Solomon's son, Rehoboam. He listens to the elders and, 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 and then gets their counsel, and then he ignores it, and he listens to uh, his peers. And basically, the elders say, hey, your dad, Solomon, he put a heavy weight on us with work and all kinds of things, if you will lighten up on these people, man, they will follow you to the ends of the earth. They'll do it for you. And, uh, and, then, and then he said, okay, and he listened to, the, to his peers, and they said, hey, don't take it easy on these people. And so here's what Rehoboam comes up with. He, he, says, he says, you thought my father was hard? Wait till you see me. And it ended up being the absolute wrong people to listen to, wrong thing to say. And here he is, and he literally, the, the people that bring this message from Rehoboam are killed, and he has a rebellion that he's really never able to overcome. So you may still need to make a decision about a matter. I mean, isn't that right? There are people, that, no one can make certain decisions for you. You have to make that decision on your own. You have to make it. But the truth is, is just as much as that is accurate and correct, listening can be a powerful tool in your life. God also confirms the importance of listening to others. In Proverbs 18, he continues that. And he says, Proverbs 18, 2, he says, Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. In Proverbs 18, 13, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Has that ever been you? You don't have all the facts and you spout off and air all your thoughts and opinions and just put them out there ahead of everyone else's? See, this type of pattern shows a lack of desire to have understanding and it really, really is foolish. And I don't know about you, but the older I have gotten, the more I know. I mean, it's true. You take me now and me 25 years ago, man, I know a lot more. I really do. I mean, thank God. I know a lot more about life, about people, about myself, about a lot of things, just random facts that no one cares about. I know just things I didn't know then. But the more I know, the more I want to know. Man, you know, I just have a curiosity that is, um, that is just growing in my life. And, uh, and so when it comes to what others have to say or what others think, even if I disagree with it, even if I say, yeah, I just I don't see that here in the Bible or or I haven't found that to be true in my life. At least I can hear and listen and make good decisions, better decisions in life. And so when it comes to listening, God encourages not only to listen to him, but listen to other people that are significant around you in life. So this Christmas. Next Sunday is Christmas morning, and you're going to be, I mean, I think it's incredible. I, I think when, when Christmas morning comes on a Sunday morning, I think it's awesome. And I'm excited to see all of you here. I know we'll see. We'll have a packed house that morning. You will not want to miss it. But maybe for this Christmas, you could utilize the gift of silence. See, Zechariah probably did not see that as a gift. 
But I can guarantee you when he looked back what the Bible has to say about listening, hearing, silence, and you think about his life, and, and, and when he came out of the silence, the praises to God that were there, and all that God had probably done that we'll have to wait to heaven to see everything that he had done. But maybe this year you could use and utilize the gift of silence by this. And I just have a few examples that we're going to close. Maybe you could listen more intently to your spouse instead of giving them an earful of all of your thoughts. Maybe at work you could make room to hear another perspective in finding a solution to a problem at work. Maybe you could offer more thanks and praise to God instead of letting your needs lead your prayer. Maybe you could hold your opinion until you've heard the whole story in a matter. Maybe you and I could sit in the presence of God in total silence on occasions with just no agenda. Maybe we could listen and obey James 1.19, which says and challenges us to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Listening does not mean weakness. Listening does not mean indecisiveness. Rather, it is a recognition of the value of silence because it offers us, it offers us the opportunity to hear God and his voice in the lives and through the lives of others. I hope that, uh, that this message encourages you this Christmas season. I hope it brings a, a, a perspective of what you, could, what you could give as a gift to someone near you and what you could give to God this year is your silence, not your words or my words, but you could just give your ear to hear what he has to say. You could give your ear to people in your life that really, really, they need what you have to say, but you need what they have to say and they need to be able to speak into your life. And uh, I'm going to pray again, just encourage you next Sunday morning. We'll see their Christmas day. It's going to be a great time, but let me pray. And then uh, I'm going to turn the service over to pastor and he'll dismiss us. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the gift of ears to hear and eyes to see. They are both a gift from you. And I pray that this year as we, we look at the man Zachariah and Lord, who in here of us may not have asked the same question he did. I'm old, my wife's old, how is this going to happen? We've all asked those how questions. And in that moment, the angel said, because you did not believe me, you won't be able to speak until the child's born. And Lord, we might look at that as God being harsh, but God doesn't do things to destroy us. He does things to build us up, increase us, help us to see who he is. And Lord, I pray that just as Zachariah had that nearly a year of silence, I pray that we would use silence and listening this year as we approach, as we fast approach, remembering your birth on Christmas Day. Lord, help us to be people that first and foremost listen to you and to your word, and then to others around us. Lord, help us to see the value and what they have to say and the wisdom in it. Keep us from those that would talk foolishness and deception to us, and help us to surround ourselves with those that love you. And Lord, we say all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Wow. I think I like them bigger, better on the big screen than in person. Huh? Amen. That was a good word.
And I'm really excited about next Sunday. So I look forward to seeing you. Um, got a, a, I just think it'll be kind of a fun and interesting message next week on Christmas Day. Two things before I pray and before we leave. Number one, there is a greeters team meeting. Just a reminder of those that are on the greeters team uh, in 103 right after, soon after the service. Maybe a little five-minute inter inter there, and then you can head over to 103. And then also, because there are Christmas parties this week, we need the sanctuary chairs all stacked up, and we need a bunch of them up front to help protect this area from what the kids will do or might do on Wednesday night, uh, Rangers and Girls Ministries. And so Ranger leaders in particular, we appreciate your help, and Dwight will give giving you direction on what he needs. Uh, but let's all stand together, and let me pray for you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this message today, Lord. God, so much to hold on to and put into practice in our lives. And Lord, I do pray that you would help us to be more sensitive, to truly hear your voice, Lord, especially during this very busy time of year. And Lord, I pray your blessing on Pastor Hans and Jody. Lord, I pray that this illness not go any further in their family. Lord, you bring rapid healing to their bodies. Lord, again, I thank you for what was shared. And I pray that we would be doers of the word and not hearers only. Bless us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.